Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a podcast discussing all things Greenock Morton. My name is Dean McKinnon and I am your host. Just One Cornetto is brought to you by themortonforum.com. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All our panellists appear in an entirely personal capacity and as such their views are personal to them. This podcast may contain a bit of adult language. Thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Just One Cornetto Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Just One Cornetto. Morton retained their championship status in the playoff final against Airdrieonians winning the first leg up in Airdrie 1-0 thanks to a 94th minute Robbie Muirhead header. The stage was then set for Friday night in front of the Capolo faithful. 3-0 Morton that finished on the night, 4-0 on aggregate and I think it's safe to say that Morton thoroughly deserved it after both performances. Joining me to analyse the game we have Louise Rogers. Louise how are you? Yeah I'm good, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad to be on a podcast where Morton have actually won two games in a row so... Yep, very happy. <laughs> Your first two wins of the season. Yep, that's it. That is, I've doubled my win my win ratio on the podcast, so that's good. And Evan McFarland. Evan, how's things? Eh, not too bad, mate. Thank you for having me on. No, pleasure as ever. So, not a great deal to analyse. I think you'd agree, looking at the first leg. Go to you first with this, Lon Louise. What, what were your overall thoughts on the first leg? It was a bit of an on-event game, to be honest. Like, I, I'm thinking back now, it was last Tuesday, and I, I can't really remember anything that happened apart from that kind of wonderful cross to McLean for, from your head's goal. Like, you just weren't ex- wasn't expecting McLean to do that. So that, that was really the only thing that kind of jumped out at me. Obviously, Kyle went off injured, which was a big blow um, as well, because he's obviously like, one of our better players. And we didn't actually play that well on the Tuesday game either, which I thought we might struggle going into the Friday game after watching it, but um, yeah, it was a bit of an on-event really, kind of probably one of the worst games I've kind of watched this season. We did have plenty of chances, but again, just nobody really on the end of it to, to put it in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty fair assessment. What about yourself, Evan? Anything to add to that? Ah, non-event. Two absolutely minging teams just going at each other. Uh, I remember... I remember being quite unimpressed with Airdrie. I thought for their home game in front of some supporters, they were extremely ordinary and really didn't frighten us at all. I think I think the general consensus with us coming out of it is we'd went there and set up for a result. We weren't even too expansive. We weren't really going at them. We were just making sure that we were still in the game, taking it to Capital on Friday, where our kids still above water. And it turned out even better. Like, I don't think anyone really saw us winning the away leg. So uh, we we got it, but it was uh, it's one of the worst games we have been involved in all season, and that seriously takes something. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was quite a stale. Yeah, just quite an uninspiring game. I was quite concerned as the first leg went on, and attributed probably too much credit to Airdrie in that. For all the they kind of had a slow start, and then. There was there was just that little kind of fear in the back of my mind that 
if we don't up the tempo and at least try and make something happen in the attacking third, we're going to get hit with a sucker punch. I didn't want to be in a similar situation to the Montrose game where we were having to overturn the lead in the second leg to try and get back into the tie. But as you said, Airdrie were rank rotten. For all they went on a cracking run in the kind of latter part of the season, really unimpressed with them across the two legs and having spoken quite a lot to the, the guys on the, the Airdrie podcast that I'd featured on, they were really disappointed with how they performed and really expected a lot better. So that probably takes us on nicely to Friday night. You guys were both at the game, weren't you? Yeah, I was at it. I was there. I was there. BBC Albert Royal for that evening. <laughs> it was just brilliant. Without venturing too far into the realms of birthday-cared pish, being back in the stadium after, I think for myself, it was since the 2-1 defeat to Partick Thistle where Tama Weir scored. That was the last game I'd been to at Capolo. And to get back in was just brilliant. And just to hear a proper crowd and experience live football again was absolutely brilliant. And we'll get on to it now. Robbie Muirhead. <laughs> I mean, I know, what can you say? Like, what a, what a goal. It was phenomenal. Like, even just the obviously I was at the game and, and Matt was, was just brilliant. Like, I actually was nearly greeting. Like, I just felt so emotional like, the whole time there. But that goal, I mean, it just came out of absolutely nowhere. Like, you just were not expecting it. And you just had to keep looking going, was that actually rubbing your head that you scored that? It was one of... If you take away Nitty Cadden's goal, I still think it was probably the better goal out of the two of them. It was just outstanding. Like, I think it just really kind of fitted the occasion. All the fans back in, I thought all the fans were absolutely brilliant on Friday night. It was a good atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was noisy. Like it, it just felt like normal. Being back to normal again at the football. And it just really that goal just really fitted the occasion, and then everybody just cheering and oh yeah, it was it was absolutely you you couldn't have written it honestly you couldn't have written it that way. I don't know how many times I've watched back that goal now. Like, it's been a few days, and I've watched it back because it's a brilliant goal. The control and the power he gets on that ball, and the spirit of the moment is just phenomenal. The more times you watch it, but just see just even a sound when it goes in, and just seeing some people reacting to it behind the goal and the main stand as well. Just, oh, just brilliant. Even though there's 600 folk there and a few hundred men outside, it's just everything about it was brilliant, but especially the score. The guy that we've criticised probably the most in this entire podcast history, it yeah. just hit the end and it hit the goal. I could, it's probably one of my favourite ever Martin goals. It's, it's right up there. I think it will become, someone made the point on Twitter on the forum socials I think this game will now become synonymous with Muirhead in the way that obviously the occasion's not quite the same but you think of the Kilmarnock game at home, you think of Chris Templeman you think of staying up on the last day away at Furhill, obviously our Lord and Saviour obviously that was Brian Wake's day yeah, there's no reason that Muirhead can't get included in that list it was the biggest moment of the season and Christ almighty he delivered 
Just One Cornetto is brought to you in association with the Inverclyde Boiler Company and the Inverclyde Bathroom Company. Shane and his team offer the very best design, installation, aftercare and customer service and are very proud to serve the Inverclyde community. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram or call them on 01475 so obviously we've talked about Muirhead and his stellar contribution. What did you guys make of the overall performance? We'll go to you with, with this one first, Evan. God, brilliant. Uh, everything that we've been lacking this season, it was just there. And I know like, the opposition tax, I know we, we're all going into that. But just for the off, like, there was a mix-up between Big Crichton and uh, Max Curry very early on. And you could just see Airdrie are rattled. You just sense they, they mm-hmm. are not quite up for this. And us, with a crowd behind us as well, just looked in the ascendancy very early on. And it's just watching the game. It's a game I expected to be absolutely shitting myself right through it. I just, it wasn't it. I wasn't fussed because we were in complete control for the majority of that game. Absolutely, I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I took it something stuck in my throat. I'll say that point again. Ah, we'll keep it in. It's I like how it's the first time you've been positive on the podcast all <laughs> season, and your body just can't bring yourself to do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, pretty much. So my body is completely disagreeing <laughs> with anything that is not abuse or criticism. It's very, very much. Yeah, I, I just felt like Morton were really up for it from the very start, and I think the fans played a big part in it. Like, it was just constant singing the whole way through, the guys up in the car park. I was in section B, and in section A, we're, we're singing all night. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> I don't know, I was going to say between section A and C. I didn't really want to say that section number, but well, I'm saying it now, so. I can't go back from it. Um, I, like, even within the first couple of minutes, and I think, was it Cammy Blues that was through and goal, took it past the goalie? And you just kind of thought at that point, right, okay, these guys are up for it, we're, we're going to give a good showing, but I was not expecting how good we were going to be. Like, it was just, I think a part of me was just sitting in a state of shock watching the game sometimes. Like, we were shooting, we were passing. Like, the defence was, was just, I mean, Marcus, every time Marcus touched the ball, or block the ball, I'm turning around my nephew going, oh my God, what a guy, we need to keep this guy. Like, it was just, it was brilliant. And I, I definitely think the fans helped their performance as well because we were, we were behind them right from the start. Absolutely. And I think, I know it's not the done thing and this, the guys were obviously breaching COVID protocols and all that, but you have to be, it has to be said in terms of adding atmosphere absolutely brilliant from the the guys in the car park Mm. obviously everyone inside the stadium was really noisy really enthusiastic really I think helped the players set the tone and absolutely fair play a lot of credit has to go to the guys in the car park obviously they had the drum out and they had the pyro out and it really added to me anyway it definitely added something to the game and absolutely fair play to the guys I thought I was I was actually kind of trying to pick out a couple of players for praise, but actually looking at the lineup, I think you could actually go through certainly all of the starting eleven. Every single one of them contributed something. It was the first time that I'd seen Ledger in the flesh properly, and he was absolutely imperious. Did not put a foot wrong defensively. Contributed as much as he can offensively, but. 
he is a player that I would be very, very keen for us to hold on to. I thought Fjortov was excellent. I think him and McLean were, were solid. I know Airdrie didn't offer a great deal going forward, but they were comfortable with everything they had to be. Same with Fox and Goal. Obviously, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do to, to step into a team at such short notice and in those sort of circumstances, but I thought anything that he did have to do, which obviously was few and far between, he dealt with well. Strap again, athletic, athletic getting forward, got stuck in, distributed the ball quite well. The three midfielders I thought were excellent. Cammy Blues was absolutely superb. That was his best game in a Morton shirt by far. Absolutely. And McGinn did well, just mopping up the experienced head in there. I think there were times where McGinn's experience and McGinn's game management really shone through. There were periods in possibly kind of the midpoint in the first half st- stood out to me where the game was just getting a little bit frantic and Airdrie were kind of beginning to grow back into the game and you could see McGinn in his movement and kind of dictating play and speaking to guys round about him. He made sure that we just had this little kind of five, seven minute spell in possession and it just took the sting right away from Airdrie's game and that bit of experience, especially in these big occasions, is absolutely crucial. And I thought McGinn played that role absolutely perfectly. Again, Lyon got stuck in. Sal Kild's movement, he was always running, he was in behind. On another day, he could have had a goal and could have had a couple more assists. You know, he, he really, really put himself about well. Muirhead we've talked about, and I thought Oliver was everything that we want from Gary Oliver. Movement was good, interchanging well with the, the other two guys in the front three. Just, he was an absolute nuisance. And yeah, yeah, I said I was going to pick out a couple of individual players and spoke about all 11, but <laughs> It was night and day. Honestly, like, you, you would not think that was the same team we've watched like, the most boring shit all season and they've come out and played like that. Fair enough, it was a League One team, so you would expect that we're going to be better than them. But my God, like I'm still in a bit of shock of how well we played on Friday. Like it was just, it was definitely not the same team we've watched all season. That's I what would, I I'd love to see a heat map for Lewis Stat for that game especially because we murdered them in the flanks on his side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. they, they couldn't deal with it and the positions that he was taking up. They, I don't, they just did nothing, nothing at all. They, they can muster and say to pick them up a deal weight at all. It was obviously a bit more balanced than the other side. Ledger was not galloping forward, but I think that was the intention. It caused them all sorts of all. Yeah, and we we really did. We focused on. We exploited that that gap. We, there is always that obvious weakness when you are playing against a kind of back three, back five. The space behind the wing-backs, the space between the, the wing-backs and the, the kind of wide centre-backs, that is the obvious area to exploit and absolutely fair play, we we did that very, very well and yeah, I think if we'd have scored five or six, which we could have then I, d- I don't think it would have been undeserved, I think it would have been a reflection on just how dominant we were in that game even the spells where we were just kind of keeping it tight and just kind of getting on with the game, we were very intelligent with our game management. We moved the ball well. It's, yeah, I think it's the most, don't get me wrong, it's 
the weakest opposition I think we've faced all season. But it's certainly the most accomplished and the most convincing performance that we've given all season. Yeah, I don't think we look like conceding at all either. And, and I've got to give credit to Scott Fox. I mean, he's came in last Monday or even Tuesday morning and he's come in and he's kept two clean sheets, probably barely even knows the people in front of him and he came out and done two good performances. So I'd be quite happy if he was to come next season as well. I was I was quite surprised how kind of good he was. But it, 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 he had a bit of a presence on Friday night, I thought, as well, which maybe helped the defence. So I think a lot of credit has got to go to him as well. Well, just a wee word on Airdrie. There really isn't much to say. Uh, but the, <laughs> there was nobody in that Airdrie team that really worried me. The only man that was really been talked up was obviously Robert. And he, he had a few wee flashes in the second leg. He like, nutmegged somebody and he brought the ball forward. And he looked, he really only looked for like Airdrie's threat going forward. The only danger man and uh, was it Kyle Turner, neat and tidy. But I think <laughs> can, we, can we just? I think we just need to give an honourable mention to, <laughs> to our very own Mister Dodds, um, <laughs> because all, all we awesome. heard, all we heard for the week before that playoff final was Kyle Turner, <laughs> Kyle Turner, Kyle Turner. Um, <laughs> it's a good week. Sorry there. that. That couldn't go without passing. That was... <laughs> but I think not having Paul Payton in the Airdrie midfield that allowed him to get forward more was a big hindrance to Airdrie. But I don't think it would have made much of a difference. We were winning that game. They were absolutely shattered and set up pretty horrendously for the second leg. So absolutely no doubt about it. We'd have went through regardless of the players that they had fit and available for it. Titan Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their aged Caribbean rum is infused with Scottish raspberries, a hint of golden syrup, exotic spices and pure Caledonian water. They launch on the 1st of June. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Titan Spirits LTD. Brilliant guys. So the old adage that you never analyse the last game of the season. Here we are. Not the... Not the comfortable kind of low and mid-table finish that we all pined for at the start of the campaign. A hell of a lot's gone on over this 27-game season. But we got there. So just before we, we kind of round off, Louise, does Gus stay or does he go? Would you would um, you keep him on? No, I would get rid of him. The way I see it is, he came in and we were six. And I thought, I think after that Inverness win, I thought, right, OK, we might kind of build on something here. We might finish top half, you never know. So to go from sixth to finish ninth, I actually think we've got we've progressively got worse. Um so I, I I wouldn't keep him I don't know who I bring in, that's the thing. Like, I know what I'm saying I don't want him here, but I don't actually know who I want. Well I want Dennis McInnes to be the manager, but that's obviously not going to happen. But <laughs> I, I would love that. Like they're just pulling his heartstrings, you never know. But no, uh, Gus is not for me. I'm not on the Gus bus at all. I I personally wanted a completely clean slate. And as Louise was saying, there really weren't any signs of improvement in the, the games that Gus has had us for. But that was until today when Jim Duffy was freed by Dumbarton Football Club. And I thought, <laughs> no, what? Maybe, maybe getting Gus a year wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> and I don't... <laughs> Shout out to you both for that. You know. um, I... I don't know. I wouldn't absolutely despise it. 
which is is something I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. I don't think it is the worst appointment we can make. It's not it's not great. It's not going to shift many season tickets, but there are far worse appointments we could make at the minute. And I think I think there is still enough about the guy to have his finish relatively comfortably in the championship next season. But what's the point? What is the point of appointing somebody if it is not to the long term, if it is not looking to build something, if if he knows and the supporters know that this is not the long term plan and it's kinda of just until somebody a bit more glamorous, a bit more exotic becomes available. Is there any point? I don't know. I would expect him to get the job and I'm relatively okay with it. But uh, it's it's not Jim Duffy. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> So that was, yeah, that was going to be my second question. Do you think he will get the job, Louise? I know Evan said there that he thinks he probably will. I don't know. I, I don't know if he will. I just don't... It, it depends what Martin Club together want to do. Like, if they want to stick with an experienced manager, and there's probably not that many experienced managers about, they might take a punt on him and see how it goes, but I, I personally think that Martin Club together should just start afresh and bring in their own manager and, and just see how it goes that way. It is a risk. I know, and we've done many risks before, like JJ and things like that, but I I just can't... I, I just don't think... I don't think you'll get the job, no. All right, guys. Thank you very much for all your thoughts on the game. There's a few thank yous that I'd like to get out in the open just while we're on... The, while we're here. So, obviously, this has been the, the first season that we've run the podcast, and thoroughly enjoyable I've it's been hard work but it's been absolutely brilliant and obviously thanks to to you guys and the rest of the panellists you volunteered your time and Christ knows it's not been the easiest task at times this year to analyse Morton and then have a microphone on you kind of 10 minutes after full time that's not been the easiest but same as obviously Russell Gordon and, and Craig Dunning they helped run the forum, we're producing articles and podcasts and they're kind of my first port of call for my kind of rants and meltdowns when things aren't going right. Callum's sound engineering and all the podcasts has been absolutely outstanding. We've had loads of kind of ex-players and Morton staff and Morton community staff on that have come on and given us little interviews and little snippets and cracking insights into everything that they're doing at the club and of course Gary Bradley at GBR Photographs all the the match snaps from the match previews all all come from him and they've really added a bit of colour to the forum and obviously everyone that's that's helped with match previews and opposition analysis it's been an excellent season from a personal point of view and onwards and upwards to next season now I've enjoyed doing it it's been it's been good it's I would say it's been a good laugh but I suppose it's been a good laugh at Mort's expense but uh... <laughs> We've not been banned yet. That's I know that's a that's a bonus. <laughs> we'll get there. There's always next season when we're actually in the games. Hopefully. I dare say we were we were probably quite close at points. <laughs> but absolutely perfect, guys. We will leave this record there. Keep an eye out on the forum this week, guys. Our part one of our season review with Russell Gordon will be going live at the start of this week. We are going to have a season review podcast that will go live towards the end of this week, possibly into next week. And again, part two of the season review. 
We're going to have lots and lots of content. We'll share the details with you guys very shortly, but plenty of content to keep us going over the summer. We've got Scotland winning the Euros, so... Wishful <laughs> thinking. Aye, just... <laughs> do you know what? We got there. I don't care how anymore. Just, we got there. We're a championship club next year. We're fan-owned. Let's do it. Bring it on. Exactly. Alright guys, thanks for joining me Louise Thank you, see you next season Evan, pleasure as ever, thank you mate Thank you for having me, thank you for all the hard work this season And get it right up the air tree, you weird weird bastards <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the show folks Remember to check out themortonforum.com For the latest Morton news, discussion and articles Featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at the Morton Forum. Give me